Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Side by Side. Myself, Steve Zakwani, Brad Evans is here. Keely is also here. And we have a very special guest um, with us. Now, I think we met was in, well, I knew you were here, but in Chicago, yes? Mm -hmm. During this summer trip, okay? So just remind me of that. That's my first question would be about Chicago. So if you don't know who she is, one of just um, top, top people you could meet. Um, uh, I don't know if I would have liked you much if I was still a player because <laughs> I, I did not like the fitness and the gym stuff. I didn't like any of that. But uh, no, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. Um, let, let me let me ask you this question first. So I'm gonna start right there. I was on the only trip I took this year was Chicago and Nashville with the team, and I hate to start on a negative thing. I feel like that was a turning point for the team. Hmm. Those two defeats. Well, not the team didn't recover. Um, am I wrong? Or am I right in saying that? I think it's hard to say. Like, yeah. it's not my role to travel full time with the team. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was an interesting week because anytime you're on the road for a week at a time, it can be a long trip yeah. with wins or long trips with losses. Either mm -hmm. way, it's a long trip. Yeah. It's a long yeah. time from guys to be away from their family and their routines and all of those things. The team is just different on the road. Yeah. It's different when you're in preseason. It's like, oh, you know, we're training, we're watching film, we're learning yeah. each other. So um, I would say that it felt like a normal week on the road. The results definitely didn't go our way. Mm -hmm. um, but we were also at an interesting time of year at that point in time. too. Yeah. So yeah. can't really say it was a turning point up or down. Also, being my first full year with the team, I, I try and take everything from a little higher up perspective. Mm -hmm and roll a little less with the wins and losses yeah. and kind of learn the people in the system. Mm. Would you touch on your specific role? Because yeah. I know in, in, we've, we've talked about it in, in years past and had some, some people on from the team about you know, their specific role, and, and we can talk about it, but it's always good for fans to hear about it yeah. from the person that's in that role yeah. sure. and, and a little bit about you know, just the background and, and what led sure. you here to Seattle. So um, my role here with the Sounders is performance coach for the first team. So what that actually looks like on a day-to-day -day is there's a group of four of us within our department now. So you have Sean Muldoon, yeah. and then you also have Adam, Ash, and myself. Mm. And so we all have kind of different roles within that. Adam being kind of head of fitness, more on-field kind of handling, on-field rehabs, activations, warm-ups, that kind of thing. Um, and we kind of split those duties of prep each day for the team between some of the medical staff, myself, and Adam. But then afterwards, like the sports science upload, download, kind of GPS reporting, that analytics, that falls with Ash and then up to Tyler and those guys. Mm -hmm. um, I am literally off the field. Mm -hmm. So my job is, depending on who we're talking about, helping in a rehab situation. So if, like right now, like JP, mm -hmm. uh, or helping in the development of some of our young players, working with our goalkeepers specifically. And then also things in team sports are relational. So there are certain guys that you're going to gravitate to that you work with, and you have to have that cohesive performance staff. So it doesn't matter if it's you or him, yeah. as long as the player is getting what they need. Mm -hmm. um, so there can be different guidance under 
yeah. what kind of their programming is, but it, be, it can be coached by multiple people. Yeah. Um, my intro was terrible. I didn't even name our guest. If you haven't figured it out by now, we have Megan Young on <laughs> from the Sounders. Um, did you always want to work in sports? Um, sports is, is the lens that I've grown through. Like okay. I was a college athlete. I threw a shot desk hammer, University oh. of North Carolina in Wilmington. Oh. And I grew up wanting to be a lawyer. Like oh. I thought that I was going to go to law school, work as international law in a different country. Like I've mm. wanted to do that since I was young. What? And then when I met my strength coach, after a couple months of working with him, he goes, you're going to be a strength coach. I was like, you're right. <laughs> and I like change programs <laughs> and do the whole thing. So ever since that time point, and I think a lot of that was I dealt with an injury my freshman year, like mm. right in of just like some normal stuff, some bicep tendonitis. Yeah. And he took time to individualize for me and help me rehab from that and seeing that direct result because I was an individual sport. Yeah. Like my individual performance is only controlled by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I became fascinated with the physiology of being able to adapt certain traits and see that direct performance on the field. And that just led me down a path of impact and learning that kind of undulates back and forth mm -hmm. of, I need to learn more to have greater impact. I need to use impact to leverage what I've learned. And that's ping pong to lead me where I yeah. am now. Wow. So I, just like Steve, I was never interested in going in that gym specifically. Sure. I thought, I mean, even the one outside is not up to the standards, right? Sure. So as players, we would go in after training, you're exhausted no matter what time of year it is, whether yeah. it's preseason or it's For the sure. second game in or it's the last part of the year. And looking back on it now, I always try to, and I always try to live by like no what ifs, mm. but I have this what if I would have dedicated more, yeah. more time in the gym, give, give myself a, an hour time block in the gym and maybe an hour doing yoga either here or outside the facility yeah. and how much impact that would have made. Now it's hard to say because yeah. I mean, he didn't go in the gym out that often and he was lights out and it was yeah. only because of a gnarly injury that someone took him out. Mm. So in your eyes, yeah. where, what is real importance? Yeah. Is it longevity? Is it injury prevention? Yeah. Um, is it all of the above? Where, where do your priorities lie specifically when we talk about, okay, we got to get into the gym? Yeah, I think it definitely, I hate to say this, but it depends. But also, you think about the age group of players I'm working with right now. Our youngest guy on first team is 16. Mm -hmm. My oldest guy, I'm not going to state who it is because they hate <laughs> being known as the oldest guy, but he knows who he is. And, uh, I think that you have to think about all the different dynamics of what's happening physiology-wise mm. in those different periods. A 16-year-old that might be fully developed versus underdeveloped versus still growing. Mm. A 30-year-old that has had no injuries, has played every, every year of his career, has always played, so has never really trained as much versus mm -hmm. someone that's gone through an ACL rehab or a long-term rehab that has had plenty of time in the gym versus a guy that's like, you know, my shoulders don't move the way they used to. So it comes mm -hmm. back to what are we doing to actually assess? What am I doing to meet guys where they want to get better? Because I think that's a big part of it is you've been in your body for a lot longer than I've known you. Right. So there's a lot of information that I can extract from you for us to develop this plan together. Mm -hmm. And I love the athletes that tell me they don't love the gym because I'm going to make you love it. Right. <laughs> and it's, uh, I'll, I'll never forget, like guys love coming up to me and they're going, when I first met you, you were really intense. And I was like, you didn't talk to me for two weeks. And they're like, because you were intense. I was like, but how did you know? Like, I'm a giant teddy bear. Like, it's not like that. But I, I understand because I have um, non-negotiable standards of what excellence looks like within my world. That's so and 
if you don't want to fall into that and be held accountable to that, then I'm probably not going to be the person you jive with. Yeah. But also, if you want to have longevity and you want to have some of these things to mitigate injury, yeah. can't say I prevent it. Right. I don't think we do that. But my job is mitigation, mm-hmm. for sure. And I'm going to help you also maybe increase some performance potentials in those 1% gains we talk about within pro sport. Mm-hmm. Then we can hang. Yeah, really cool. Um, we'll back up a bit. So, want to be a lawyer? Want to be a lawyer? Go to college. Yep. Um, path has changed. What happened directly after college? Kind of give us the journey sure. that so, lands you here in Seattle. Um, graduate undergrad. I don't mind dating myself. Uh, <laughs> Two thousand seven. Uh, then I went to grad school at Baylor University, and at that time, there was not many programs that were exercise physiology, strength and conditioning based. It was more laboratory based. Okay. So you either had to go to Australia or maybe there's two programs in the United States. Wow. So that's why I applied to Baylor and that's why I ended up going there because I knew that I didn't want to just be an exercise physiologist. I yeah. wanted the science, but I wanted the practical application. So I went there and taught classes, uh, as we all know, like don't pay for grad school, be a GTA, be a yeah. GA, do something. And then I volunteered all my time in the weight room. Hmm. And that year and a half, like I think we went back and averaged – sleep was not what you would want to see out of anybody right and you know you're living off protein bars and protein shakes you know like it just it takes what it takes yeah and from there i went now i'm a master's degree dual certified you're like oh so now you've made it right no now i took a professional internship at auburn university to work under an kind of an older representative within our field that had a large network and had large respect. So uh, now I'm working SEC football, mm-hmm. women's basketball, baseball, women's soccer. Oof. The next year I get hired full time there. So I thought that the goal at that time was like, okay, basketball is what I want. I'm from North Carolina. Yeah. Let's yeah. go Blue Devils. Yeah. Shout out Coach K. Like <laughs> all that. And here I am in my first job now working for a gold medal winning head coach in women's basketball in the SEC. And I'm like, all right, well, now what? Right. So frame of reference, like I don't do goals for myself professionally because those timelines just don't match up. Mm. So I would rather go from impact and learning and see where that takes me. And that's much more how I ended here. Mm. So I worked at Auburn for um, almost 12 years and women's basketball, women's soccer, 2015 had a brief break. We can go back to that if you want. And then worked women's soccer only the last four years, which really allowed me to dive deeper into some of the research we were doing on campus and doing some medical liaison with our School of Medicine, biomechanical engineering. Went back to school twice while I was at Auburn and then went on and accepted a job with the Chicago Red Stars in the National Women's Soccer League. So I took that high performance director role and I was there for almost three years. And then we played here on October 10th last year and then October 11th, I started with the Sounders. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Didn't take the flight home. <laughs> Didn't take a flight home. Yeah. Pup drove out with my fiance the week before, and, you know, here we are. Wow. I think I still get lost in the mindset of um, if we look back to 2009, we've, we, this team has, I'm sure you've looked over the data over the, over the years, right, and, and the workload and everything. Yeah. From your mind, how has that really changed? from historical data, if, if you have that knowledge. Right? Yeah, if, if, I don't have the historical data because yeah. much of how that data was collected store has changed. Like think yeah. about the Sounders are known for their analytics department. Right. Yeah. And you know, from when Ravi was here to now what Tyler and these, everyone is doing in these departments, but uh, through those different iterations, data looks very, very different, different from yeah. 2009. Yeah. 
So only can, when we compare data, and I'm a purist in terms of a research perspective of this, can I compare apples to apples, right? Mm -hmm. So even if we were using different GPS systems, and I'm not even sure that I would necessarily care mm -hmm. because the person that was a head coach isn't a head coach. Yeah. The players that were here are not here. So what information am I actually deriving from that if the system, the players, and everything is different? Everything's changed, yeah. So You'd have to have the same study group yeah. for 10 years to really, and, and the same use. And that's why research and sport are so different. Yeah, right? it seems so, impossible to me. Well, and, well, what's our goal? If our goal is to answer questions of what is this organization doing, that's a way different framework yeah. and approach than how am I best uh, developing, performing, and utilizing players that we have. Yeah. Those are two different questions. Yeah. And now there's, I mean, pretty, pretty soon, I don't know if it's a two-year or ten-year thing, but data from fan engagement is already increasing. Like, you know DJ Metcalf ran this fast to yeah. catch that guy from hunt. Yeah. That's the yeah. user interface, the UI, with that information is only becoming more public, yeah. Yeah. not less. Well, that's why I ask, because we get questions all the time, like, hey, can you ask this question online? Like, what? And, and even when we go out and we get notice, it's like, yeah. why do we have so many hamstring injuries? Yeah. Why, and it's the same question we get all the time. Sure. And, I mean, I, I don't have an answer. Is there an answer for yeah. that? Is it, is it just the personnel you have? Is it just unlucky? Is every single team dealing with it? Yeah. When you look at guys in Europe, it looks like they're playing 75 games in a year, mm -hmm. and we're playing, you know, three quarters yeah. of the amount of games. And when I look at how much they're running in Champions League games yeah. or in the EPL, it looks like they're running more in a mm -hmm. game, right? They're running nine miles versus yeah. Nico here running eight in a game. For sure. And so... I just have a hard time looking at what we're doing here yeah. and then looking at, you know, Champions League performing teams. Now, maybe they're just better athletes. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think those are interesting questions, right? Like, um, I've done comparison where I've compared, like, uh, specific conferences to other conferences mm -hmm. or even when I was at Chicago, Chicago to other teams. And really, you come up with more questions than answers there yeah. hmm. because then there's all these outliers. Because you take a guy like Benzema or Holland, yeah. they are outliers. They are yeah. not the norm. But right. if the data yeah. is driven off of them, them. Yeah. it's only going to skew everyone's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're also the most shown. So if the most shown is what people recognize as normal, now their perspective of reality versus what the data show are mm -hmm. two different things. Yeah. And I, I think that those are only more challenging conversations. And also, what is what is the salary pool of a team over there that you're looking at yeah. of what they're spending on development versus the MLS? Yeah. I think right. those are also very different. Yeah. So it, can we say it's justified to even compare those two? Mm. I could argue maybe yes and maybe no. Depends on which seat I'm sitting yeah. in. So is it fair to say that you're really excited about getting a proper facility with a good gym <laughs> that everyone can do what they need to do in yeah. terms of recovery and, and strength and conditioning and everything that encompasses that like world-class facility, kind of like Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, when I went there, they just opened the, the facility and I was blown away. Yeah. And guys were just in there more, right? Their old facility was much like Starfire and no one would hang around because there's yeah. one squat rack. Yeah, I can you know? give an example of this. In 2010, we won a national championship at Auburn with football. And so they built a brand new indoor. Yeah, my dad's been there. He said it's insane yeah we got a brand new indoor we turned the old half indoor into an olympic weight room for all the other sports which yeah. you know imagine a half field turf and 36 platforms like yeah. that 
money in college is different right. than when you have owners trying to decide how they're going to spend their money. Yeah. It's way different. Yeah. So I think that for this organization to take that step forward and say, hey, we're going to go from where we were to where we are now, like, yeah. fantastic. Can I coach with nothing? Absolutely. Mm. Can I coach with better resources? 1,000%. Mm -hmm. But I think it means more to go from less to more because it's way harder to go from having everything and having to figure out how to work with nothing. Mm. Um, something you said earlier I want to come back to kind of led me to two kind of related questions. You said you were an individual athlete and you kind of had to, you, whatever you did, you could control your performance yourself. Um, I want to know how you would compare working with, you said, you, you know, women's soccer, women's basketball, football. Just Is it the same because athletes are athletes or do you have to kind of change which sport you're dealing with? And related to that, when you're working with a team, they're still individuals. So maybe how you approach Jordan Morris is not how you're going to approach Ariaga, for example. So kind of some of the sport differences and then individual players within a team. How hard is it to manage 30 guys when each one has different needs? Um, first of all, like different sports have different demands, but also they create different opportunities. So we can play three basketball games in a week in a tournament and probably be okay. Yeah. So that means when we play twice a week, we can probably still lift twice a week and be fine. Mm. In football, you can lift three times a week, depending on the style of lift, time of lift, and when I say football, I'm referring to American yeah. football, and have a way different schedule for that one game. Our schedules, it depends, right? Like, yeah. maybe it's a one-game week, <laughs> yeah. but maybe you have an Open Cup game, yeah. a Champions League game, and an MLS game in one week, right? Like, so I'd say soccer is so unforgiving <laughs> and that it is relentless, and there's going to be physical demand. It doesn't matter if it's coming from me or the game. So when I look at opportunities and exposures, I'm looking at where's our, where is the demand coming from? Is it coming from three games in a week and we know that we're gonna roll out lineups like that? Or are we gonna have heavier rotation that allows me to do something different with these guys? And there's also that team first mindset. So I'll give you an example, like working with um, players in which after a game, they didn't get minutes well maybe there's an opportunity to actually lift right there mm -hmm. and that's why we set up in the locker room the way we do and that's much more common in the NBA yeah because they have 82 to you know 90 yeah. games a year yeah. but that 10 minutes right after the game times 82 games a year is plenty of lifting opportunities yeah. wow. so you have to take advantage of your moments and then you have to strategize am I looking long term or short term and short term is necessary sometimes like it's the player's job to live in the moment. It's my job to live maybe three weeks, hmm. right? And have that perspective of where are things falling? If, where do I know we need to fit this in so, because it still needs to happen? Or where can we give and take because they are the individual? And to that point, uh, I went back to school at Auburn uh, and started a doctorate in adult education to understand how people learn. Hmm. Like I, I found it fascinating because there's so much in the makeup of a human of what makes us different yeah. and understanding the socioeconomic impacts of what I was dealing with with different student athletes, where they're from ge geographically, what their home setup is, what their culture is. Those are all wow. things yeah. that directly feed into what they think is important. And if I can understand those things and then build a relationship, well, I'm gonna figure out how to narrate performance into that conversation. So that that's kind of how I meet the individual and it's, 
understanding more about them over time and some are immediate and yeah yeah, i work in pro sports it has to be immediate in terms of impact but it has to be long term in terms of that relationship Uh, something i just found out the other day i couldn't believe it maybe it's true maybe it's not i could not believe this that an nba court would fit inside a soccer 18 yard box that's insane. I don't have the dimensions. They Google said it. it. Google it. it it's unbel- I could I, not believe it. Well, it's 92 feet. So I think, it's, I yeah, think the 40 sense. yards. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. there you yeah. go. That's, they don't <laughs> run. Like, we're running the whole pitch. I think they, it's what, two, two miles a game? If you're like a starter playing a ton it. of minutes, two yeah. to three miles a game. Like 30, but a, but a imagine game. playing an hour yeah. of 3v3. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then back to back night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give them some credit. You're going to play 3v3? Cora actually answered this question from Wikipedia. The court in the NBA is 94 by 50 feet. Under International Basketball Federation rules, the court is minutely smaller, measuring exactly 28 by 15 meters in European. A high school court is slightly smaller. So, yeah, but that's also, everything they do is acceleration, deceleration. And that's also, when you see a hamstring in the NBA, a lot of times it's not when they're sprinting, it's when they're slowing down. So it's an interesting, Hmm. it's way different to band. I would call it more of a, a power sport or a, a strength speed sport, whereas in soccer it depends on your position, yeah. right? Like soccer is much more like track and field, where you can have guys with different and females with so mm. many different expressions of yeah. what they're good at. But that's also what makes it a beautiful yeah, game. Very yeah. true. What What would you say if I if we asked you game on Saturday, game on Saturday? What does your ideal week look like? Because uh, uh, go ahead. Because we <laughs> used to when I played, I think the whole thing was. On an ideal week, we train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday will be off, then we train Thursday, Friday. And then I think the sound is, I don't know how it is now, they switch to a three-day lead-in, where they would want to train Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before a game. They take the Tuesday off. So that changed after I retired and left the sound. So yeah, that's a great question. Um, I always have this conversation with my head coach first, Hmm. because a lot of it can be what tactics and how they want to lay things out naturally can lend itself to the schedule that allows for the best adaptations physically because what is most important yes is winning that game but over a season what are the demands and the opportunities we have for training same thing so there's so many different periodization schemes and thoughts over what people think about that's not what i asked yeah i understand (laughs) give me your (laughs) ideal take schmetz out of the equation i don't care if you were the head coach and the head strength coach saturday saturday would they be in every day would they have two two days off in a week would they would they be lifting with you and your team for three of the of the six days so i guess it will here are the things here's how i'd answer that okay. question mm-hmm. it would depend on time of year number of games God within it, the past Meg. three weeks <laughs> it would depend on, can't break her down it would depend on how we've done in record and yeah. where we are in development because yeah. when i was actually that was my role it was i knew that we need to develop the ability to have more resiliency in a certain metric doesn't matter pick a metric mm. So how are we going to develop that not just in this week? We're not just going to smash them on the head at the thing we're not great at, where now they're flattening game. But maybe over a three-week time, we're going to slowly ramp that up at the cost of some of our other normalized metrics. Mm -hmm. That is how I'm going to say, well, where can we do that with two days between? Can we do that every day across? And that's how I'm best going to program a week. So a week could still look different Saturday to Saturday every week, Mm -hmm. depending on what we're trying to train. 
So I would say for me. Yeah, <laughs> and players all have their perfect. Like, there you go. Also, I didn't play the game. Like, yeah. let me. Uh, f- fun fact: the only soccer I have ever played was in grad school. Oh. And it was with we were the Cupcakes, and it was our intramural team. There was eleven Baylor senior soccer players that finished, hey. and were on our team. Plus my best friend, who was an All-American. Amazing. I scored a PK. That's all that's that matters. It. That's yeah, all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. I would say play Saturday. Come in on Sunday, because yeah. I can't I can't sleep after a game yeah, anyways. Agreed. So there's no use in me yeah. waking up at six o'clock in the morning starving and yeah. just sitting there and watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. I loved coming in and doing something on the bike or maybe going out to the field and, sure. and, and jogging a little yeah. bit and, and stretch. For me, that was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe five v two just to get yeah. the body moving. Maybe maybe light <laughs> maybe massage. Maybe toka toka. Wow. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then Monday come back in and a slow ramp up of training and then something light in the gym. Tuesday heavy heavy training, hard in the gym. Wednesday off. And then Thursday, yeah. build, play 11v11, yeah. and then Friday, that's chill, what yeah. 5v2, so 5v5 yeah. plus 2, whatever, and then yeah. we play that was very on Saturday. Ziggy. Ziggy did that, yeah. That's yeah. what we used to do. When I was, so yeah. the recovery from a game is like, there's plenty of research to support best practice there, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you're saying, let's take the sleep part out of it and mm-hmm. the beers for recovery out of it. Right. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and the metabolic cost of a game is what you're dealing with kind of that first day and that's why you can actually do things you're like i kind of feel all right yeah. oba femi would come out here and want to train oh. every day and then yeah. the yeah. next day though right when you're like why do i feel hit by a bus yeah yes right second because day, now always. you're having all this mechanical stress load all the physiological adaptations of the physical side catch up to you and you're like my joints hurt when i get out of yep. bed i rolled out of and you're like i i get it <laughs> Like I, miss, act- I miss that more than I haven't been able to replicate that, so I really miss that. Um, feeling. Sixty-five miles on a bike. Well, that's no how I you. felt. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that understanding that okay, yeah. let's take the opportunities we get there. Then, like you said, you can do some mobility. Some people do tendon health and resiliency on that first day back or immediately post game. Yeah. Some people actually get use that as a time to do mobility, upper body lifting, whatever. Yeah. It just depends on what we have going on. But like you're saying, that active recovery mindset, and then sometimes the the thing that I hear this club talk about more so is the mental recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really something we talked about in Chicago as much. And I think that was because of everything else that was happening as far as like we were so remote. Mm-hmm. And that we to get to a gym after training, we drove 45 minutes back to the city to yeah. lift. So that just created a different framework. So the mental yeah. recovery was like, just keep going. Yeah. yeah. R- real quick, I wanna ask, because I, we had heard this from Dave Tinney a lot about NBA teams lifting after a game, hockey teams yeah. going in afterwards and getting like an upper body lift also. I don't know if that's true or not, mm-hmm. but are guys doing that now in soccer where you have the capabilities to play a game or are guys still just crushed? Depends on the minutes. Mm-hmm. Depends on the minutes completely. Yeah. Yeah. If the metabolic demand was a 90-minute game, yeah. then what am I adding to that? Now... Can I say maybe there's an, a world where I would do some work with a guy? Potentially, like if we had a game three days later and maybe it's just some isometrics for tendon health. Yeah. Maybe it's okay. something that simple. But maybe you're the backup goalkeeper, you got no minutes, yeah, and I'm going to crush that's you. Fair. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you're a goalkeeper and yeah. you played great, but right. I'm you still going to crush zero you. Zero shots, <laughs> yeah. even, and, and you're sitting there but playing there, patty cake with your hands. Yeah, yeah exactly. But they'll the tell you. Their mental Their load and stimulus yeah, is like, please don't ask me a question. Yeah. And I see that with players all the time. It's like, 
especially midfielders that make more decisions than anyone, more decisions and non-decisions of deciding what to do. That the life of a midfielder, thank God, like I, I don't want to ever live that life. <laughs> but you can see them still breaking down the game in their head, even yeah. though they're not talking to someone. I'm like, man, that conversation seems like it's really intense in there. <laughs> in your head. Yeah, exactly. So the next day, they're like, you ask them something, they're like, huh? I'm like, wow, okay, you're still in yesterday. Yeah. Like, I'll talk to you in two days' time. So the mental side of recovery and what are you doing for that, I think, is a really important conversation. So what, what are we doing for that? When, I'll, sorry yeah. to bring yeah. up Kansas Quickly. City again, yeah. Yeah. but they, they just at the time happened to have this amazing facility. So they had these a dark room with zero-gravity chairs and this thing called Brain Tap where it just, like, had a meditation or a guy talking to you, and it shot light into your ears, and then you put a mask on, and it was shooting light into your eyes as your eyes were closed. Wow. So you do a 30-minute session in that chair they had incense going and all this stuff sure i mean i think that the research around that i've never heard of light in the ears Mm -hmm. um but binaural beats meditation sleep strategies um even nutrition post game like Mm -hmm. there's going to be the what's culturally appropriate and then there's going to be what also can happen and there's going to be best practices for each individual but um we have a lot of um, Latin American players on our team and culturally the best thing they can do for recovery is spend time with the people they care about yeah. Yeah. so creating that opportunity yeah. Yeah. and that can also be their teammates right. a ping pong table will do more for a club than you'll ever realize right, right? Um, or pickleball if you're a staff member right? Like, I get it so I think that it's understanding those things because, yeah, maybe a blackout room is best, mm-hmm. but maybe that guy is tired of being isolated because he's so tired and just been laying in bed yeah. and he wants to engage with someone without having to say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I can sit two people next to each other, throw some blue light glasses on and say, play FIFA. Play, yeah, play video game or something. Yeah. yeah. Really so, cool. yeah. sorry, no. I'm going to keep picking her brain. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about nutrition a lot, and yeah. that's one thing that I thought while we were here was, was terrible. Yes. Um, I thought the food was atrocious and guys wouldn't even spend time mm. together at lunch like they should. Uh, they would just go home at the time and uh, it yeah. just wasn't even a, a thought here. Yeah. And, you know, they, they would make shakes for us after training. Great. But we'd come in for breakfast and we'd have and it should be on the players. But at the same time, you would expect a club like this to have everything kind of laid out for yeah. you. And I think that that's the expectation now and will be at the new facility. Um, but in terms of nutrition and each yeah. person, are you guys doing like blood work? Does that matter anymore? Or is it just what makes a guy feel good? Oh, there's standard blood work um, that you do on players for if you have deficiencies or there's symptoms of deficiencies for iron and vitamin D or like you're leading up to a tournament at altitude, mm-hmm. AKA Champions League. Yeah. Then there's research around like, hey, can we give guys iron to help them deal with that altitude? Yeah. And so we worked with a nutritionist this past year and um, they were remote but we worked closely together to make sure all those things are executed and a lot of that fell to my side to like execute on the day but I would say that our players do a pretty good job on um, understanding the supplementation and understanding some of the things we do to try and help them whether it's collagen and protein whether it's pre-training shots with creatine and beetroot whatever it is like they, you don't have to like something to understand it's good for you. Right. Um, but I will make sure they understand it's good for them. Yeah, gotcha. uh, And then, yeah, it's still, I think the educational piece, going back to younger players versus older players, sitting and having conversations with Kellen and Will and those guys around yeah. like, hey, wh- how can I best support you? Cool, have this nutrition meeting and let's talk after. Mm 
on best practice and approach because it can be changing one thing for a guy but if you do that for 11 months that can have a really good impact and you look at how our guys did this year from a nutritional profile and they did they smashed it like our young guys are smashing it um really happy with their development like josh danny those guys like Mm. i couldn't be happier with their thirst for getting better Mm. and their willingness to accept and trust like on that is something that sounders have a high standard for is they trust the information they're given from the the staff members Mm. and i appreciate that a lot um so and then that just the consistency and execution is what you have to help guys with along the way that's all right life happens yeah really cool um what is the standard fitness test now when guys come in is it any is it still beep test i used to be in london off season so for the sounders Sounders. or for everyone sounders two weeks out i already couldn't sleep yeah, I'm like that, that beep. I, I listen. I was like, I didn't know with my family. Like, I know it's coming. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, hated it. Um, what is the test now? So coming in this year, they will do a six-minute run test. Oh my nice. god! Yeah, is, is that is it a full? That's what I loved. That's why Steve and I are so different. Six on six-minute mile. No, just six minutes running. Oh, as far as you can as go. As far as you can go. Oh, cool. Isn't oh. that was that what Liverpool push yourself? So you, you're measuring how. <laughs> listen. Yeah. There used to be one in London called the Cooper Test. It was a 12-minute oh, run. No. Yeah. You know Cooper? I worked in college. I know. Every, oh, every college coach did I hate Cooper test. every fitness test. I, I tried, but the, what's crazy is, as I got older, I respected it more. I was like, I actually made a challenge to try and do better every year. But I just hated it. It's, it's, a, it's a mental, like, I've oh had plenty of players that fitness became their biggest challenge, yeah. right? Like, yeah. they were like, I just can't. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, well, there's no ball. there's no goal and there's no one smashing you in the face so there's a lot of things that aren't normalized for your sport right like and even working with uh, American football players and basketball players like fitness tests can be the thing that they just don't understand and I'm I try to help explain from like a physiology perspective and then also a human perspective Mm. and it's like if I know we can mitigate some of the injury risks just by you being fit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. why wouldn't we go down this route if that adds a year or two to your career? Yeah. yeah. yeah Hear so it from us it. first. Yeah. We'd love to have another yeah. year or two. Uh, yeah. With the national team, the v, when, especially with Jurgen, oh, VO2 VO, VO2 yeah. max was like the, the benchmark for guys that were fit. Yeah, but you I've can never predict VO2 max off of any of these tests. Mm. You can. Yeah, so uh, on the women's side um, in Chicago, I had six national teamers on mm-hmm. my team. Mm-hmm. And they did, uh, under Dawn, they would do beep tests. They'd do yo-yo. Yeah. Uh, and then they would do 3015 V-Fit as well, yeah. uh, which is kind of like a newer test. I don't know if you guys okay. have done that uh-huh. one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Explain it for our fans. <laughs> <laughs> V-Fit, <laughs> honestly, like, just look up Martin Bruchette. Look up V-Fit 3015, and you can follow the diagram. Oh, okay. I think both are good tests. Both express a little bit differently. Uh, the change direction in beep test kills a lot of people. Oh. They're not good at changing direction. Oh. So a lot of what I would coach in college to help players like you that didn't enjoy it is it. let me help you be great at the change of direction yeah. because you're also probably fast. Yeah. And what probably killed you was jogging and pacing yourself early on. It picks up on you. You're going to beep slow. And then yeah. it just starts going. And then you're going. And yeah. I'm just yeah. like, like, oh, my, yeah. I can't feel my legs. Like, I'm yeah. just trying to get there. It's insane. Yeah. Everyone's screaming. Yeah. Oh, you I just came from boxing. Walk. I couldn't feel my legs. I understand. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hated fitness tests, but it is what it is. Um, and now you pay to do fitness elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah, right. got it. Okay. I'm, I'm not trying to find that again. Yeah. I'm trying to find something yeah. that can push me like that. That's, yeah. that's very true. It yeah. is very true. So, yeah. like, there's a whole, that is probably one of my yeah. core values is, like, seeking struggle. Yeah. And uh, when you're a player, seeking struggle can just be showing up consistently to train every yeah. day. Yeah. But it can also be adding that hour of mobility work or hour, adding that hour of extra recovery yeah. or adding the ability to say, you know what, I'm not just going to order my meals in. Yeah. I'm going to actually talk to our performance staff and our nutrition staff and say, what is best practice for yeah. me? And then yeah. I'm going to spend that money to make sure that I've had proper meals. Yeah. And, yeah. and for sure, like there are clubs where they'll send guys home with dinner, but that doesn't mean they're gonna eat it. Right. Yeah. Right? Like just yeah. so I think we think sometimes that oh clubs need to provide more for players. And I'm like, if you provide everything for someone, you're still assuming they want to follow yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. When a lot of times they may take that as they're pushing too much on me. Yeah. So you have to everyone has a, a balance point of how much they want. Mm-hmm. And so I have to hold myself accountable to that in coaching. Mm. You know, maybe I want to give you seventy five cues on how to make something better. But I'll probably give you one, yeah, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe three weeks later, I'll give you another. Yeah, yeah. And so that just yeah. that happens over time too. You deal with that in coaching. It's yeah, yeah. you want to be here with them and teaching them how to press and then counter press and do all these things. But shoot, they don't have a first touch yet. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, same sport, but I'm curious. Some of the differences working in the NWSL and MLS. Um, the biggest difference is the players in the MLS make a little bit more money, so yeah. they're not as stressed as the players in the NWSL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have a little bit more security there, yeah. where some of these women still have other jobs, it's most of them. Yeah, in off-season, go, go play elsewhere. And all yeah, this go, yeah, go play in Australia to make money in the off-season. Yeah, that's right. tough. Um, or also have to just fight every day yeah. to get what you deserve. Yeah. Like, yeah. I understand that our facility is not what it should be in those things, and it will be when we move to this new one, and that's exciting, but that doesn't solve some of the issues that we already have solved here, which is have really good people as resources. If you have really good people, the facilities and stuff won't matter as much because they can make do. If you have really good facilities with poor people, doesn't matter. What are are some of your favorite uh, modalities? Because I go to like... I was always into like the next thing while I was playing. Like, yeah, use it on me. I don't care. Try it. I think it works. My brain. Okay, so I are we talking good. for me or are we talking? <laughs> I'm talking about yeah for for a player. Um, right. I mean, I remember when I got to Columbus. This is you know 15 years ago, but they brought in before there were uh, the Thera guns and all that stuff. It was just this round drum, and it just vibrated, and you just threw your leg up there yeah, and let it do its thing. Those, right? They still have those around. Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are still good. I still okay. Great. Honestly, like if you're a larger human, I'm a larger Perfect. human. Mm-hmm. We like those because yeah, right. that's easy. <laughs> and also, if you're working with taller individuals in football yeah. and basketball, they don't have to get on the ground. Yeah, that's true. So there, there's gives yeah. and takes for all but of those. But what about like hyperbaric, red light, uh, cryo? Is there enough You were talking it? to the right and wrong person about this because <laughs> yeah. I am you're gonna into say all just of get, that. Yeah. So because of what I went through chemo-wise, mm. I have went through a long phase of not being able to train the way I used to. Mm. So I was very much into float tanks and infrared saunas and then cold tubs, one, to try and seek that struggle and find something hard that I could do, but also something that would help me with recovery. Um, So I think that as everything does in technology, it booms and then cycles back, and you're seeing that boom is now cycling back to where some of these foundational things, whether it's temperature exposure and hot and cold, whether it's infrared, whether it's um, a cold plunge versus 
uh, a cryo chamber or mm -hmm. whatever, like those things are still standard practice. And we could pull up right now and say, uh, mm. cold plunge, good for you or bad right, for you, right. research. And it's like, yes, call them, no call them. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, all right. So I think that when we're talking about when we're doing it and why we're doing it, everything can have a, a purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other side of it is just supplementation has gotten so much cleaner than 15 mm. years ago when you guys were players. Yeah. Uh, Whoa. Mm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not like there's NSF, right? <laughs> yeah. So like now we know it's like a nationally certified safer sport. Yeah. So, okay, great. Take so we know this is just creatine. It's also not plastic. Right. Um, <laughs> or, you know, back in the day when... I, Fiberglass shards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what else is in here? Don't know. Don't know. Red 40, let's go. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think this, the, the ability to have really good individualized supplementation for players and um, down the road, like my partner is a medical genetics expert mm. in, in VC and just all the emerging technologies of what we're learning about the ability to look at genetic profiling and things like that. And then also the AR VR space and what we're doing yeah. for player to get reps. Like at, at Auburn, they were working on technology. So if you had an injury, you could literally put on goggles, step into the green space, and then you're watching your game as yourself. So mm. now you can step through that and you're getting the mental reps, reps. even though you can't get the physical reps. Wow. And sometimes mental reps or mental recovery we were talking about early can be rectifying a decision. Mm -hmm. So here was what happened. Now show me you doing it right. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. could, um, go ahead. Real quick, can we talk about your uh, your yeah. battle? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to lead us? I didn't know. I saw the piece on the news. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I think. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think most of our fans probably know, yeah. but okay. I think it'd be a, a interesting yeah. topic to dive um, into. So 2015 in September, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Um, and people were like, how did you know something was wrong with you? And yeah. I was like, well, you know, the tired feeling you guys talk about, yeah. like, I don't know how to explain being tired from the inside. Mm -hmm. uh, that is what it felt like. So I would get up in the morning and because I worked in college sports, we uh, trained at 6 a.m. in Auburn, Alabama in July because once it's 730, it's, you know, yeah. 95 degrees, 100 yeah. percent humidity. So yeah. I'd go train my team in the morning and then I would go back home and sleep until the next day. Wow. And it, you weren't sleeping, like you were kind of resting. So yeah. I sought out medical attention, and um, I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue first. And later we found out that was just how my body, the body's amazing. Mm. My hormones aren't supposed to work for a circulatory system, but they were ramping up Whoa. in effort to help out. Yeah. Um, so I still had kind of normal blood levels at that time. So we went on a trip to Missouri. Hmm. Our first conference game we chartered because let's go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> SEC, baby. SEC, baby. Uh, and I remember we got to the hotel and I texted our athletic trainer. I was like, I cannot carry my bag. Wow. I, and Whoa. so I remember that that weekend, like we had a Saturday practice, you know, one where you play like levels and a little toka, to, and that was it. And I'm leaning against the ball on the fence. First of all, that should tell you how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. And just laying on the ground, I'm like, man, this breeze feels really nice. <laughs> And so, like, we're definitely, like, fading in and out of consciousness. So uh, what saved my life was that Monday I walked in to pick up a prescription, and my doctor's nurse practitioner happened to be there and see me and go, uh, I'm going to need you to come with me. And my lips were, like, the color gray of this cord, Whoa. and my body was kind of, like, ashen green. And I was like, well, we have a lift in the morning, so I'll see you after the lift. Um, on the way to work that next day, I lost peripheral vision. Oh, wow. And so I finished the lift, and it's September in Alabama. 
So you should not be wearing sweats in September in Alabama, yeah. and I'm in full sweats. And I had someone drive me to the doctor afterwards, and I was like, I think you can just leave me here. I'll be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, my doctor took my blood, drove it to a lab to get the results, and all these were like life-saving efforts without yeah. them knowing. Drove me to the hospital. A guy walks in and says, hi, my name's so-and-so. Um, you're in a blood emergency, and I think you have leukemia. And I go, awesome. And he's like, wait, why are you not, like, upset? I'm like, I knew I was messed Something's up. Something's wrong like, with me. Yeah. You just told me. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And so they started giving me red blood cells. I'm like, we're good. We're good. <laughs> we're this is the juice of life. Like, let's go. Um, so then they drove me up by um, ambulance to UAB, and I went in treatment and ended up with an AML specialist, uh, Dr. Harry Arba, and went up through a clinical trial and um, reach remission through my first induction chemo and wow. so I did not have to have a bone marrow transplant mm -hmm. and I've had over 80 transfusions and Oof. you know Whoa. went through some bone marrow biopsies but we're all better for it and yeah. I'll tell you it's one of the best things that ever happened to me and the reason I say that is not that I ever wish a cancer diagnosis on anyone yeah. or anyone's kids yeah. um, but to be 30 29 30 years old and know exactly who you are and how many people support you because uh, being a young person and a young adult and still figuring out life mm -hmm. can be a lonely journey as a professional athlete yeah. or as a coach mm -hmm. right um, because we give so much to do what we do yeah. and i had so many soccer teams so many coaches so many strength coaches reach out to me that i didn't know wow. and to have that circle of support you see who shows up for you Absolutely. i'm sure you went through something similar with your injury that you know? is the number one thing i remember the support yeah it's exactly unbelievable from everybody like yeah wow. and so after that like um i that's also why i was able to do so much more on the research side i had a lot of respect from our medical pro mm -hmm. uh, professionals at auburn and we just opened this new osteopathic med school and i'm like I can tell you I'm smart because my doctors should bring me the slides to show me my results now. <laughs> and so I'm not allowed to go back to medical school. Don't worry, I'm not leaving. But um, it's the one stipulation my fiance has. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, amazing. Honestly, like one of, yeah, I remember watching that piece or reading about it and just being like, wow. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I am disappointed, though. Why? Because I heard that Andy and Meg went to Banya without me. Oh, the Banya, oh, wow. And when I heard that, my heart true. was broken. Wow. <laughs> wow. Broken, <laughs> two reasons. I mean, that's where I used to go, I mean, I go all the time, place. and that's yeah. where I used to go all the time as yeah. a player. Yeah. I even had it, stole a pair of booties from here and kept them there in a little locker so that I didn't have to expose. Because your toes couldn't handle it? My toes can't handle it. <laughs> it makes me want to pee and poop my pants anytime my toes hit cold water. Oh, man, I love Anything it. else, I'm fine. I love it. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't get the invite. And then we had a conversation at Andy's house uh, for, for a little hangout and uh, still couldn't get the invite after that. Wow. <laughs> if it makes I'm you feel still better, thinking been about back it. Since. Okay. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, no, uh, I think that places like that, there's places like in, that in Chicago I used yeah. to go to. I, anytime you can do something for yourself, yeah. I, I love that. So yeah. good. Yeah. Um, speaking of, so away from all of this, you've been in Seattle. Yeah, coming up to a year, right? A year. Yeah, it's a year now. Um, how do you like to settle? Be honest. So uh, I should give context that my partner lived here and did oh, her okay. master's and doctorate okay. at UW. So she, okay, okay, okay. So part of the reason why I said yes to this opportunity was she, she wanted to be back in yep. Seattle. Yep. Um, I can tell you from our long distance relationship, mm -hmm. when I come out here, we go backpacking. <laughs> uh, so I've se seen the beauty that Seattle has to offer. Yeah. And being able to be around water, like uh, 
put me on a beach and I'm a happy person. Oh, okay. So being able to be even around Lake Washington, I don't care that it's cold, I'll get in. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> so that I think that that side of the beautiful side of Seattle isn't talked about enough. Hmm. People talk about the rain, yeah, but if yeah. you have a raincoat, you can still go see some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you miss Chicago or no? Because Chicago, we've talked about Chicago. I love Chicago. Um, three years, seven winters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I, Chicago's food scene is bar none. Um, like, yeah. right. Un- un- one un- of the top food the scenes jazz. in the world. Oh, what a yeah. scene. Yeah. The, do I miss the traffic? And no. do I miss the amount of people in such a small space? No, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. You're agree. talking to the wrong person about hiking and being in cold water right in front I of you. I went on one hike with him <laughs> I think right when COVID was just beginning. Um, I've probably been on four hikes in 13 years being here. <laughs> I, I, yes, and I'll take your word for it. That's very beautiful. I don't know. I do not know. I don't That's know. That's all right. So <laughs> I know. I, I need to do it. I don't know why. It's just, I, I grew up in London. So I'm a city, buildings, uh, traffic. I love that. Yeah, Outside, but you talk about yeah. wanting to seek that struggle, right? That's too much of a struggle. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right? Everybody has their own problem, right? Two hours so yours is like the Pilates class. Yes. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Got it. Hey, trust me. I know people that do the 5.30 Pilates class yeah. every morning, yeah. and that's their jam. Like, that struggle? That's I've been to Pilates. They yeah. crushed me. It was yeah. awesome. Exactly. So, so. Yeah, Everyone's different than that. Yeah. But uh, I think there is something to be said for getting out in nature and like yeah. no, grounding absolutely. yourself yeah. and yeah. we were talking about recovery like that cutting edge mm. i think what people are realizing is experiences are the yeah. ultimate resource for reconnecting yeah. and recovery yeah. and so if you can actually remove all of this technology yeah. stuff then yeah. you get time out no, and absolutely. then also yeah. maybe with people you like yeah. you're probably doing <laughs> yeah. some good things so i take walks i do a lot of walks um question for you what does the off season look like for players now do they get to rest because that was always my thing where growing up it was always like, you know, playing in youth soccer obviously was like we had a whole season and then, okay, we get a six weeks summer break. And I'm not even touching a ball. I'm relaxing. And then I come back in the first day and start training. When I became professional, it was like you're supposed to stay fit in the off season. And I'm like, so when do we actually get to just rest and do nothing? Yeah. I think that there's a good conversation of how long is your off season? Mm. Um, my first year in Chicago, our off season was 47 days. Okay. Because we went to the final. Okay. And then we started early because oh it was God. off of a World Cup year. So in that time, honestly, I'm saying, like, what is most important for each player? You have some players that haven't played games. Mm. So maybe they are underfit, and we can get them fitter in a different fashion outside of having the ball. Mm. Or maybe they haven't really had the opportunity to have four solid strength training sessions a week for four weeks, and that's going to put them in a better position to feel well. Or maybe they have to have a surgery, do a post-op, do yeah, a rehab. Yeah. So that's where it falls into that individual conversation. I think also the shift around what it looks like to have an off-season is different. When we're saying we're recovering from not having to play games and make those mental decisions as much, that's one side of recovery. The physically fit side, fitness can be being strong enough, mm-hmm. being fit enough, being fast enough. Are we talking cardiovascularly? Are we talking yeah, yeah. muscle endurance? Like, what are we actually talking about? So I would argue that, yeah, you don't need an off time. You need that vacation time. Maybe that's a week, 10 days, two yeah. weeks with your family. Yeah. But after that, like, what, are, what is the goal? Is the goal to not play again? Is the goal to come back in the same position you were? Is the goal to leverage this time to actually gain a physical adaptation to increase where you are coming in next year? Yeah. And if that's your goal, then we have work to do. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the players, once we have that conversation, are like, yeah. all right, we got some work to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so if, then it just becomes, okay, yeah. well, what it is? What is yeah. it? Because it can be a case of, 
you know what, that hip mobility, we haven't had time to really it's, address it's, yeah. because you've been playing so much and I didn't want to expose you to a range you couldn't control. Mm. We're going to hammer that now. Well, mm. yeah. Or, hey, you know what, that hypertrophy phase that I really wanted to push you through that's going to make you tired for three days at a time. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had one off-season, because they would send us with those treadmill workouts. And mm. I went to London and I was crushing this workout. I'm like, this is like, I didn't know I was this fit. This is easy for me. And then I then you realized it was in miles per hour. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going so slow. <laughs> so I, this is so easy. I emailed Dave like, Dave, I'm ready. That was like my probably my second off season. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I never forget. That. That's a classic. That's a classic. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's not in kilograms. <laughs> yeah. I did 20s all off season. My bad. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's where like applications and software have made yeah. communication and off season yeah. so much easier. So yeah. now you don't feel like you have to. First of all, the way we interface with people has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like aggressive to call someone now. Yeah, right. and I'm that yeah. one that's just gonna Facetime you. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, if I'm calling you, it's a Facetime, and I'm like, "Hey, what, what, what are you eating? Where's the kids at? What are we doing?" But for most players, it's like, wh- how do I actually need to send information to them, and what do I need back? And I need to be conscious of their time I'm asking for because they already give a lot of time yeah. here. People don't realize, like, they think, oh, training was short. Well, that doesn't mean their day is short. No, um, now, on the flip side of that, I know what it's like to be a support person for those people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when their wives hear treatments and massage for an hour, and they're like, you could have picked up the kids from yeah. school and not had nap time. Like, <laughs> I get that. Like, there is definitely a, a caffeine consumption window of guys with young kids of – I just finished training, now I'm having caffeine. I'm right. like, oh, you're picking up the kids. <laughs> yeah. Got it. All right. So, like, I understand there's also that stress that people may not know from the outside for sure. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think that off-season, all those different things, but communication software has made it so much better to individualize and send better programs. I'm sure back in the day you guys just got a package. Yes. 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 Okay. Take this. Yeah, that was classic. So, talking about team now as we kind of close here, I think. Sure. Yeah. Are guys in town now? This is the longest off-season that, I mean, we can say it's not an off-season, but this is the earliest exit, yep. right, so far. And I think that the team has a real chance now to build, yep. um, save for, what, three guys that are gone with the U.S. team. Um, but I think guys have an opportunity to, in, in, in my mind, build and get ready for what's going to be probably a more ramped-up January than usual. Yeah, and you also have to look at how long next year is going to be. So right. we have to take that right. into account. Yeah. Right. So we start January, yep. and MLS Cup is December, yeah. right? Yeah, so that yeah. knowing what those guys are getting into, and then also I think we need to remember the perspective. Maybe this is the first time they could travel internationally in an off season and actually go home. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for guys that aren't from here, they need to do that. They yeah. may have not seen family in yeah, two to years. three years. Yeah. Um, as far as like our guys here, yeah, some guys are here, some guys are training. Also, we have a big group of guys that are from Seattle or have made Seattle home. So that makes it way easier to get in touch with them. It doesn't mean they have to come here. They can use different gyms. We do remote programming for them and it's those individual conversations of needs and also schedules. Hey, all right, you're going on vacation this date to this date. Let's program around these things. Like, and that's where relationships matter yeah. more than anything. Communication, exactly. Relationships, yeah. yeah, if our relationship isn't at a place where you want to talk to me, then how am I gonna? You're, I'm just gonna send you a program. You're not gonna do it. Yeah. Whereas if we have a really good relationship, and maybe I haven't done anything, quote unquote, for you throughout the year, 
but I've been consistent enough as a human and supported you in anything else to where now where it's like, hey, I'm going to need you to respond to my yeah. text. Yeah. Okay, great, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that those relationships happen over time, and also it doesn't have to be one person. Um, that's the benefit of having a staff or performance staff because maybe a player is closer with Sean or closer yeah. with Adam. Yeah. Well, I can leverage them to communicate yeah. for me. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's coming yeah. from me. Yeah. I remember <clears throat> this is probably 2014, 2015. There were times on a, on a Thursday that I wouldn't even, I would do the warm up and they'd bring out stationary bikes and I'd sit there and do just a hard bike workout. Yep. And I wouldn't even train. Yep. And that was my Thursday yep. towards it, the mass, second half of the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. minus two. Because um, we were playing 11 v 11, it wasn't that important. I knew I was going to play. We all yeah. knew I was going to play, but it was more important for me to get the you know 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off of light, hard bike, and just stimulate my body to recover versus like a heavier load where I'm actually sure. pounding. Well, and it's not like you needed the physical reps of knowing where to be positionally, right? Right. right? And and, and we were doing good that year, yeah. right? A lot changes yeah. when when you're yeah. winning, right? 2014 is a supporter shield season, yeah. and so all that stuff gets taken into account when we're specifically talking to fans about why are we not doing this, why are yeah. we doing that? There's so many factors at the at the yeah. at the end of the day that determine what your programming and, and your yeah. team as well yeah and then also just like player health right like you can look at players that had long-term injuries or issues two years ago that were probably more healthy this past year yeah. and i think that speaks to a collective effort not any one person so it doesn't matter if i have the quote-unquote best program for mm-hmm. said athlete it matters that they trust in each part of this system so that we can get them all to the right place yeah um, I have two final questions. I think I know how you answer the second one. Okay. So I'll ask the first one first. Okay, great. What's the best thing about working in sports for you? Um, there is, in sport, has a unique mission mm. and a unique collective mission that is winning. And I am a competitive person. So to have that unique competitive drive from everyone in the same place to say we all are going for this thing because yeah. this is that thing and this is why we do it. Yeah. That is why I love sport. Mm-hmm. It looks very different from amateur in college to professional uh, when there's money involved yeah. and contracts yeah. and all of that, but the, the purity of sport and what it does to bring people together from every background and every walk of life is so beautiful. I, I love it. Yeah. The second one, earlier you said <clears throat> you're not one to really set goals or things like that, but I'm still going to ask it because obviously a lot of players in MLS might think, okay, Europe, you know, Germany, England, they have kind of these goals. Um, do you have something like that where is there a place, a position, a sport, a team, anything, an event, something you want to end up at, or are you just kind of going in the moment? I want to go where I feel challenged and where I have an opportunity to grow. Um, so it's less about which team that is. The, the logo on the front to me isn't what drives me. Mm. And neither is the logo on the back. It isn't the fact it's MLS or Sounders. Was that when I was deciding if I wanted to come here or not, I reached out to um, a player in the league that actually went to undergrad with me. Brad Knighton is a goalkeeper for New England. And he was like, you know, there's a couple organizations I would tell you to go to in the MLS, and the Sounders are one of them. And I'd been coming to the Sounders Sports Science Conference back when Dave was here mm-hmm. for like eight years. Okay. And so the reputation of this club of professional outside and also internal had 
the level of excellence that I expect. Mm. And so that's what was wow. one of the driving factors for me coming here. Amazing. Um, I, I just think if Steve and I could get in the gym with you <laughs> three days a week, <laughs> I think we'd be ready for okay, January people, at this I point. Even do a push up. <laughs> let's go let's have a workout then <laughs> I think that also when you know talk about building out better facilities it allows for some of these things for other staff members too yeah, yeah. and it's like okay well what are we doing to give back to everyone yeah not just well can you know, now that the new place maybe there's yeah. a time window where we can all yeah, work out as a as a staff yeah. I mean it builds community right yeah. I mean that's probably a huge part of why you love the gym it's got to yeah. be that's why I go to the gym is yeah. because I've met new people Absolutely. and I, it's a safe yeah. place for me to go. And it's why I never, um, I typically don't train where I work. Mm. I go to a mm. gym in Renton. Mm. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's um, right. Because it helps just me shift. And now up. this is about me. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. sure I can lift at work and if yeah. I need to, I will. And if yeah. it helps build a relationship of training with someone, love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when it comes you. to like me actually yeah. struggling, like I'm gonna go somewhere that creates that environment. Yeah. I love going like when I go to this Invictus gym in Kirkland, I come in with the same attitude that I did as a player. <laughs> and I just like you'll see my face in the morning at eight o'clock, just like, all right, let's go. And the and the coach is in there, her name's Michelle, she's a really good friend. And I'm like, Would you just stop talking and we can just like work out, please? I got places to go. Like, let's get this over with. And all the other adults have no idea what it's like to be in a locker room and yeah. they're like, What is going on? Why right is he now? So grumpy yeah i think also I humor also yeah. kills so much of that like i've dealt with plenty of grumpy players yeah. and as soon as you don't call them angry you call them grumpy first of all they're like i don't like you for <laughs> acknowledging when i'm grumpy and i can pick on kelton and will because i do that to them all yep. the time i'm like no I love it. no and also i'm gonna give you a hug or make you smile or laugh yeah. like that's that's it and so that goes down to those individual relationships and you know to be able to say those guys like you know i care about you as yeah. a person yeah. first yeah. so that when i'm going to ask you to do this thing you don't want to do and you're going to look at me and be like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right fine go grind and then go work all right great that is great um i think we broke the record for longest podcast but i could not think of a better guest um yeah, to do that with um, what a conversation we could have gone all day yeah um we're lucky to have you in seattle you are a force of nature welcome back Anytime. Thank you so we much. will at some point have to do a workout. I, will, I need to get in the gym with me. Yeah. All, right, all, right, all right. Just let me prepare. We'll do a fitness test. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Side by Side. As always, thanks for listening. Comment, like, subscribe where you get your podcasts, and we will be back next week.